and welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast, episode 53. Games news, gaming news. Uh, with me, George, as always, joined by Tom, news hound to my John Craven's news round. How's it going? <laughs> I'm very well, mate. Thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm good. A uh, little bit of a different format. We normally have a feature. This week, we're not going to, because we've got... We've got... We've had a bit of a tidal wave of news this week, haven't we? It's starting to pick up pace. Uh, yeah, well, one thing usually for the-, the next month, maybe we might just be doing news, news, and all the news, gaming news, news, news. Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of announcements to get through over the next couple of months. There's the Summer Games Fest and various other video digital events taking the place of E3. Um, so it's going to be important to, we want to make sure we're bringing you guys all the, all the latest news and up and coming events in gaming. Okay. Well, those that know the format, those that are new to the show, Tom, are going to ask, well, what's coming up? Well, we're not doing the feature that we're normally doing. We're having a news blowout. Now we're doing the news, no feature. Normally there'd be a feature, a retrospective or, gaming opinion piece and then we'd have our new release highlights for the week by the elusive stingray the immortal stingray not even the end of farmerton can kill him off (laughs) Uh, and then i ask you what you're hoping to play over the next gaming week but we start the show as always even he survived otters he's nearly worn out that mad cat's wheel though he's going a little bit crazy on lockdown grip it one last time friend tom what have you been playing? This week I've been playing some more Streets of Rage 4. Very much enjoying that still. Me and a friend of mine, been, we've cleared um, a couple of levels of the Mania mode, which is the hardest difficulty. We got the trophy for that, so we're pretty chuffed. Um, we've also tackled Arcade, which is the, the old-fashioned way of trying to play the game through in one go with uh, three lives, I think it is, on normal mode. Mm. we have only got to stage seven and then just run out of lives. It's, it's pretty tough. It's a bit of a fallacy because it really was at the arcade and you took enough of mummy's purse. Money. money. Called a mummy, <laughs> but mummy's money. You could just pump that machine through until you just ground through with wallet over style. You could, yeah. yeah. Sadly, no no advantages is there for that. The uh, <laughs> PS4, PS4 didn't like it when I put pound coins in it. Can't wait for your old boy to start slotting pound coins on your next console. Don't. I'm trying to figure out a way of like putting it in some kind of case and then just have the leads going through a hole. You know what happened if you did that? You'd wake up one morning to a melted pile of plastic in a pile of plastic. Yeah, definitely. I think it would get a bit too warm, wouldn't it? Especially with the the power we've seen this week uh, with uh, some next-gen footage. Oh, yes. But we'll, 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 get, we'll get to that. Yeah, Save yourself. I'm wetting the appetites. Wetting the appetites. Well, you've pretty much blown it. I have, really, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, that's like one of those times where you go to a restaurant and you pick a starter, like a sharing platter, and you end up gorging on more of it than you should do. You've had more than your share of said platter. And, uh, and you're full. You're full. No main, the main course. The main comes out, you're like, oof, God. I don't know. Yeah. You eat it anyway, but then you go home, you have to have a full belly <laughs> lie down and you can't get comfortable because you've got too much food and liquid sloshing around in your belly. Stops you from sleeping. You regret ever having that starter faux pas. A genuine mistake. Uh, what else have you been playing? Well, I've been playing my, continuing my run of Last of Us Remastered in anticipation of the sequel. Really enjoying that. 
it's uh, it's it's quite good just to get involved with the story a bit more again. Just fr- go into the next one with a fresh uh, fresh view of the previous story and the characters. There's uh, some really good moments in that first game, particularly like the part I've just done where I'm going through the sort of narrow road uh, in like a small American village and you're getting shot at by a sniper and you've got to work your way down uh, either side of the map to avoid his fire and then you have to take him out in the house and then you're also covering your other um, co-survivors. Uh, and covering them with said sniper rifle from the infected. But yeah, it's sort of a solid game, uh, probably deserving of its praise back in the day. It's a little bit creaky now, but I think... Um, oh, you're, you're of uh, that opinion. I'd asked this last time and you weren't sure, but... Yeah, after playing a bit more, I think it does feel a little bit clunky in places and the graphics are still really top-notch, but they... They do look a little bit previous gen, especially now we're getting to the end of, of this generation and seeing like really the max of what they can do with the PS4 and uh, Xbox One X. Yeah. But uh, yeah, bit of Overwatch, bit of Call of Duty, the usual. Um, really looking forward to Overwatch 2. We've not heard anything else on that since it was announced, really. I don't know whether it's going to get delayed due to current world events. I hope not. And one thing I'd really like them to implement is cross-platform because I've got a few friends who play on different platforms and it'd be just nice to get a team of six together uh, on Overwatch 2, but I don't think I don't know who's not keen, whether it's Blizzard or whether it's PlayStation are usually known for not playing with friends, aren't they? But uh, we'll see. Well, they relaxed about all that, so... They did a little bit, yeah. Um, I think from from fan pressure, probably. Uh, but yeah. Okay. What, you been what have I been playing? Well, we'll start. We'll start at the beginning. Been playing Skitchin on the Mega Drive. Uh, What's that all about? It's a rollerblading version of Road Rash. Oh, really? Yeah, which is it's sounds very very nineties tood. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit. It's not as good as Road Rash. Not, not. Is it from the behind pers- perspective or is it more of like a paper boy where you... No, no, it's from behind. It's basically from what I can work out the Road Rash engine with yeah. uh, an animated rollerblader going down the roads. <laughs> uh, yeah. You grab on the back of cars. It, it's as Mega Drive Martin as you'd McFly expect. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, someone comes by, you got to punch them. It's very hit or miss and look or judgment rather look rather than judgment on whether you win the race or not. And the boy liked it. it. It was kind of edgy enough for him to get some satisfaction out of. Been playing Total NBA '96 on the PlayStation One, inspired by our NBA Jam playthrough. Uh, I'm, I'm I had Total NBA '97 when it first came out on PlayStation One. And it was in a cardboard box with um, the actual exterior skin of a baseball stuck on the front of it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, I've seen it. I had that back in the day. I bought it at launch. I was like, yeah, I want this. I looked in all the mags. And you know what basketball yeah, games yeah. are like? They always look like the best game graphically yeah, you yeah. can get. And I was like, yeah, I want this. Nothing looks better than this. And even on a CRT 
when I've been playing the original one, I was like, mm. what one thought was acceptable in 96 is not acceptable to one now. <laughs> but, you know, it plays all right. It's obviously a little bit more simmy than NBA Jam, which is still the better game, in my opinion, probably. I'm keen to get 97, but for some bizarre reason, it, it seems to be uh, holding a lot of value for that. I want You can get just a normal case version of it, but I want the one with the basketball cover on it because of nostalgia. Why yeah. not? Uh, so I'm keeping my eye out for that. Uh, played Sewer Shark this week. Uh, it's it's not too bad. It's quite difficult to remember. You get called out these um, coordinates. So this robot from the deep south would be like, vomit spotted at three, six, niner. And that's probably one of the easier ones to remember. So that means next time you come up and you see a right, you've got to take it. Then after that, next time you see a down, you've got to take it. Then after that, if you see a, a left, you've got to take it. If you don't take 369 at the earliest opportunity on the coordinates, it's game over. Ah, oh, so fairly tough then. Yeah, it, it is hard. shooting the And shooting the critters, it, it, it's hard because uh, you have to hit a certain amount of them while also trying to concentrate and use the same D-pad for uh, steering as you do for shooting. Uh, apologies to the fans who are listening if there's any interference we'll see if Phil can master that out in the edit he's good but I don't know if he's that good Tom goodness knows what it is probably your dark it's probably your dark web router kicking in it is yeah keep that running in the background (laughs) (laughs) how is New York while you're held up there in your sun drenched loft apartment I don't really get out much on the ground floor. I just stay up here. I've got a telescope and just keep an eye on what's going on. All right. I've all my food delivered. For uh, exercise, do you send out your, your Taiwanese house slave to do that for you so you don't have to? Like go no, and do, go no, and do no, a go I and do a marathon so I can post on Instagram with some sweat that I've done it. Take my phone, yeah. turn on Strava, make me look like a hero. She wears like my vest and shorts as well, so bring it back and like lay it out on the bed in a very artsy <laughs> style with a pair of like uh, I ordered a, off eBay a pair of like really well worn well worn running shoes and thought, yeah yeah sneakers <laughs> as we call them over here. So um, yeah, I I even being inspired by Streets of Rage, I got like an axle headband as well. Oh wow! Did a little. Did a little artsy Instagram post and, and put that out there. Is just that for, is that for your, the usual, your the celebrity usual, account, not the one where yeah, you were yeah, yeah, yeah. farmerton making out you as some sort of menial guy? I mean, you're an actor. Yeah. Method acting. I bet a method actor guy who lives in a village. 1.5 uh, million likes for that one. So that's wow. mediocre, I thought, really. But. Ever and wanna, also, like, uh, ever do you ever want to use your celebrity to help promote the show? No, no, I no. I it's not really. So. It's it, it's not really the done thing for sort of. I'm more a Daniel Day Lewis. Like I just keep like I go and become a cobbler in Italy for a few few months. All right. Just do random stuff like that. Okay, that's. Uh... I don't do any charity stuff. I just no. Okay, I don't need to keep the profile that high. The show's a charity for you. It is, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I see it as a charity. I just doing good work doing that. And I have a very you like Patrick Bay. If it Patrick wasn't Bateman true, it would actually be quite funny. Yeah. 
That's correct. Okay. Well, well attempt, let me finish off what I've been playing. Well, I don't need to talk about Minecraft because there's a log of two hours a day of that content poured out for people. Uh, if you're interested, 3.15 on I, a weekend, 5.15 on the weekday. When, when am I going to see some spondolis from that then? Well, unfortunately, the YouTube channel's about as popular as uh, syphilis. So unless you want to <laughs> promote that with your massive celebrity ego, uh, it's going to be a slow old grind, but every single step we take together will be an audience that is true, loved. I call it a boutique stream. I know everyone in the chat, and I know everything about everyone in the chat now. So well, we once can have done, these tailored streams for people. Once we're done with this nonsense on here, I'm having another Zoom chat with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd about my sort of cameo in the Ghostbusters sequel. So wow. I might see where I might see where the bill's down for promoting that for for the YouTube channel. He's always keen. He's not got much money these days. So. If I send you a VHS copy of Groundhog Day, is there any chance you could get him to sign it? Or are you just, are oh, you Zooming him, aren't you? So, Yeah, I think I could post it to him. That'd be fine. And he's post it back. Or we could get our, um, our, uh, slight, slight, um, no, shouldn't call them that, made to go between the houses, <laughs> the apartments. Okay. Okay. Non paid so, housemaid. Could you call Consider her a non-paid housemaid? She's paid just enough. Living wage. What in? Potatoes. Potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> it's all gone very farmerton. Uh, that was season one. This is the realism era. This is where we basically open up about who we really are. Farmerton was then. Now you're trapped in New York. So that's how it goes. Just live it up. Mm. Phil, the producer's not keen. He's like, no, just get on with it, will you? What else have I been playing? Oh, uh, well, we'll do that in what you're hoping. Oh, Prince of Persia for the upcoming Assassin's Creed retrospective. Um, Prince of Persia on the PlayStation 2 and Xbox is made by the Assassin's Creed team. Um, I hear it was a forerunner for that as well. Oh, well, yes. Your gaming knowledge is incredible, Tom. One would, one would imagine how do, how do I do it? I don't know. Yeah. You, you, saw, you normally try and get as much gaming knowledge written down and then make an absolute boo-boo stinker that we can't edit out, so we have to re-record <laughs> the show and you use my lines as your own. I mean, that's normally how it goes. They were going yeah. to call Assassin's Creed uh, Prince of Persia Assassins, but Jordan Mechanow or whatever his name was, he was like, no, you're not, no, that's not happening. So they rebooted it. Uh, but one thing I'll say to you, there's been some animation reuse in Assassin's Creed from Prince of Persia, the PS2 game. That's a fact. I've seen oh, the animations really? almost frame for frame. And those same animations are being used not only on the PS3 and Xbox 360, but the PS4 and Xbox One. They they oh. they could do with reanimating that game, in my opinion. But uh, we'll save that for the retrospective. I'll get some more evidence to back that rather outlandish claim up. Um, but the pole deformation, the way you move on the pole and how it swings and you swing and interact with the pole and then land on other poles once releasing or back ejecting, as they call it in Assassin's Creed. Same animation move. 
Prove me wrong, gamers. Prove me wrong. Anyway, that's enough of that. It's time to slip, slop, and slide into what we're going to call the feature stroke news. Had a baby. We've scoured the very dark, scoured <laughs> <laughs> the very darkest regions of the internet. You know what's scripted, and you know what's not. You we scoured the very darkest regions of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, beard customization, but not for female Vikings. Tom, uh, new news on Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You won't yeah. be able to sculpt protagonist Elvor's face in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. You do have quite a lot of control over his appearance, at least when compared to the main characters of previous Assassin's Creed games. We already knew that you'll be able to get tattoos, apply war paint to your mug, but in a recent Washington Post live stream, uh, and well worth a watch if you're interested in Valhalla, director Ashraf Ismail confirms that you'll also have the option of tweaking Elvior's, Elvor's hair. Uh, you'll apparently have access to a number of different hairstyles as well as beard styles, but the only that only applies. And I'm sure any other day of the year, Tom, this would have been a controversy, but this only applies if you're playing as a male, Elvor. Uh, put this all together and you've got the most customizable Assassin's Creed protagonist in the history of Assassin's Creed. What do you make about that? Um, yeah, I think that kind of makes sense because you've... Um Vikings obviously would have had braided hair, plaited hair, plaited beard. It's quite a a distinct look and style of their culture, isn't it? So I think people are going to want to do that to get the the sort of immersion and feel of of being a Viking. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, it's good. I, I think more customization and, and stuff is is good. Okay. The argument against that is like, let's look at, we've talked before about Mass Effect. When I see clips of that and it's not just the standard Commander Shepard, I'm like, who's that? That's not, that's not Commander Shepard. One thing I'd say about that is, imagine career mode on WWE where you use, yeah. You yeah, use yeah. to create, but not the one of the actual captured in-game characters. Yeah. Is it, if you customise this character too much... Is it all just? Is his beard going to glitch through his clothes? Is it all of a sudden going to get some sort of weird graphical artifice and decide it's going to flick up in the air in the middle of a really poignant cutscene where you're nearly crying and then his beard suddenly morphs through his face and pops out of his ear? Yeah, I think it does have potential for that to happen because it's not like the generic default character, isn't it? You are tinkering with it, and when you do that, it's like, oh, can the game? cope and run that as well as it would with the default one um, or how it's been designed to play well they're Another, known for their in, play testing aren't they so no doubt they've play tested all of this well hopefully <laughs> another interesting fact about Valhalla this week was um, they've come out and said it only runs at 30 FPS and that's apparently on PS5 and Xbox Series X mm. so that shows that there's going to be this big wave to start with of, of games that are cross-gen and I think it holds back the next gen. Always happens, always will. It does, yeah, yeah, it does, yeah. And there's nothing we can do about that. But hopefully, I don't know, maybe they can patch and upgrade like Xbox have been talking about. So maybe well, eventually... Well, is you... only coming out on next-gen platform, so isn't it? No, it's. I think it's cross-gen. Sure it is. It would be very unlike them to not do that. Well, it would cut off quite a large um, amount of buyers, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I can see why they do it. It, it takes a while for people to, tr- to transition to the, the new gen consoles, mainly because of expense, especially at the minute. But uh, in in the downside of that, it does sometimes hold. How, how's hold your it back. fund going? How's your uh, PlayStation or Xbox Series X fund going? Well, all it consists of is probably trading in the PS4 and everything I have got for it, and maybe a load of Switch games as well. I tell you what, I'm so, so grateful. I've moved. I've be, I've been fortunate enough. Well, currently, as long as things stay as they are, uh, I've been able to move past that. I've got a fund going now that could probably get me one, depending on how much the launch packages are yeah i think we're looking uh there's been talk of of current gen console prices being pretty much the same as the new one i think it's gonna be a little bit more obviously but oh, i think was it not mentioned that they're the pro models or the you know the up res model of the xbox the the one x and the pros pricing would indicate where the new console pricing would be and that would kind of go in line i suppose with the 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 sort of upgrade model they're trying to work towards, like a, a mobile phone, etc. Yeah, I hope we don't see too many upgrades because it gets gets very expensive for everyone, and it's it's not really called for. I prefer when a console lasted you a whole generation. It well, does still, give a bit it more. Still life has, to- but if you're a little bit more of a uh, yeah a pro player and you've got disposable income, does it hurt to get another couple of teraflops under the hood? No, I suppose it, it can expand what people can do with I don't, uh, I don't the software. Want to see what one thing I'm a bit nervous of, and obviously we talked about it last episode, and is, is potentially waiting on some more confirmation from some of our secret sources. But uh, if Xbox launches the next gen with a budget model and a, like a real extreme model, I, I know it's a, a nice way for people to get on board, but I think that would be unfortunate. I think halfway through a product's life, if you want to bring out a 0.5, I'm, I think that's been great. And I think the One X and the, to a lesser extent, the Pro have been um, were the additions to the lineup. But um, yeah, I mean, for me, I started with Xbox One, the, just the original base one. Uh, and then I went to the PS4. And at the time, I was like, well, I might as well go to the PS4 Pro because it had not been out that long. What made you migrate uh, from one brand to the next? I think first party output. Uh, Xbox, obviously, they've got the ducks in a row now. I think they're going to come out fairly strong in next gen and, and have some good reveals for us. Uh, but they, it, it hurt them a bit, I think, uh, those last three or four years of the Xbox One, just not outputting. I don't know. I just don't know what happened to... It was also PlayStation's doing of having so many great titles to to wheel out. Hmm. But obviously, some of those we've seen go to PC, so it's not out the out the realms of possibility that they might even go to Xbox one day. But uh, I think, yeah, the the main reason was first buy releases, and that will be the same for me with next gen. If if they announce PS Five an Xbox One Series X and you're not really getting much first party on launch. I, I don't need, I do want to get one straight away because I, I never did last gen. Um, and I kind of want to be there from day one. But if there's nothing that much to play and there's other good titles available in that Christmas window for Switch and PS4, I'm going to think, well, I might just put my money to them. Uh, 
Wow. Okay. Well, you often yeah. you often find you often find with a new console launch that the older generation is wheeling out some really great games at the time, and all you've got um, is Fantavision. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> like and Summoner and uh, you, you, you've got. I mean, this, the yeah. Xbox Xbox Original and 360. I thought both. Some would argue, but I think they both nailed their launches. Xbox yeah. Original came out the gates of Halo, which was like, oh, that's game changing. And uh, Project Gotham, which admittedly is yeah. a high res Metropolis street racer, but I was leaving Dreamcast. To, yeah, I was leaving Dreamcast to migrate to Xbox, and that's where I, that's some of the titles I wanted to pick I, up. Three sixty launch, uh, arguably the best launch lineup ever. Yeah, I think um, they're going to look at that, especially with Xbox, and I reckon we'll see a Forza Motorsport of some description, and we'll see obviously see Halo Infinite. Maybe one more thing, maybe something from something else from Rare, or maybe a sort of third-person adventure game. I feel like they need to get those three bases covered: FPS, action adventure, driving, some type of driving game. I think when you have that launch, it's just such a great variation, uh, and it the best console launches I've had have had those sort of choices. Mm-hmm. Whereas the worst have just had nothing, basically. Um, I mean, one game can carry a launch, and we've seen that numerous times. But uh, I don't know. What, what do you think we're going to see from PS5, just while we're on the subject? Oh, I don't know at the moment. I mean, it's, it's it's hard to tell, isn't it? I mean, we've seen, obviously, Naughty Dog's going last. Sucker Punch is going last on this console. So they're going to be, yeah. they're going to be on hiatus for... However yeah, long it takes I think so. to make an 8K game, so that's going to be two or three years, bare minimum. Uh, I mean, Sony Bend they've they've recently slapped out uh, Days Gone, so are yeah. they going to be ready to step up for PS5 content straight out the bag? Probably not. I think, I think the rumours are like the, the likely ones are maybe a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel, or maybe a Kill Zone any... as an alternative. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, it's going to be going up against Halo, though, isn't it? And it's well. There's also yeah. meant to be the rumored Spider-Man. I mean, that was a good game, but is it a system seller? Well, I think so. To be fair, when I speak to a lot of people who who have Xbox and they're like, "Oh, I really wish I had a PS4 for Spider-Man." It's a lot of fun. I think that would that would sell consoles easily. Wow. Okay. Well, uh, shall we get on this? Yeah. yeah. Sliced and dice. Sony delivered 18 minutes of, let's face it, gorgeous looking Ghost of Tsushima gameplay via its latest state of play this week. It uh, looked very interesting, I would say, Tom. And um, the open world project from Sucker Punch here are the key takeaways that we noticed from the stream. Ghost of Tsushima's gameplay has been hiding in tall grass for quite some time. One detail that was getting a lot of attention was the lack of waypoints. Yeah. Games adopting a fairly, well, I say fairly, it's a very minimalistic hood. And there are yeah. flourishes in the world that will direct your attention. You, know, you can mark points in the map. No longer will there be a waypoint, but a gust of wind to guide you to them. And you can call on that wind at any time to make sure you're heading in the right direction, which seems less intrusive than propping up a map. And then I think that's a great, yeah. yeah. I think that's uh, a great idea. As you're exploring, nature will capture your attention. Smoke on the horizon will lead you towards campfires. Birds will signal collectibles. 
Even animals such as foxes are going to appear, which we saw in the trailer, and direct you to important destinations, ensuring that you absorb as much of the humour as possible without having to deal with, uh, as I've done recently, Tom, a million icons such as games as in a game such as Assassin's Creed. It's yeah, been it's become to- very intrusive doesn't it sorry um, yeah no you're all good so. it's been alluded to in the past go to Tsushima's combat is split into two distinct paths uh, here's my one Jin starts the game as a capable samurai warrior honouring <laughs> the traditional way of the katana however the game events of the, the events of the game cause him to adopt a ghostly persona using new techniques that go against his training but allow him to strike from the shadows that's your play style we've had a good look at both styles uh, in the uh, state of play so let's think about how they're going to work. You can approach enemies as a samurai. Uh, Jin can initiate a standoff. This begins a sequence in which you and an enemy square up to each other to see who twitches first. Playing in this way, it all seems like your strikes are very deadly as Jin is able to take down enemies with a single swipe of his blade. Brutal, but efficient and fast. He moves into the Mongol encampment. We see him fighting outside of this standoff sequence and it puts in a, uh, in a mind... Well, it puts you in the mind of, uh, and I have to admit, it did. It did seem to liken itself to Sekiro with the, the yeah. parries and the blows and the 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 sort of um, selecting the right stances. We saw them shift stance at least more than once to select different enemies, and yeah, there seemed so to the, be in that camp. There seemed to be a mixture between light enemies and brutes, and switching up that stance definitely brought yeah. out a different play style and, and result. Uh, or, or as in the name's title, Tom, you can become the elusive ghost, which sees Jin adopt his alter ego. The game combat is far more stealth-based. And this is where I was a little bit, having played so much Assassin's Creed, and instead of seeing that game as a game now, I just see it as a series of mechanics nailed together. When yeah. I saw the firecrackers and the, and the smoke bombs, I have to admit my heart sagged a little bit. I'll, I'll be absolutely honest. Um, it also showed that uh, Jin can clamber onto rooftops and take down Mongols from above. Also had access to a bow, which seemed to be to be most inspired by Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, the two styles are obviously very different, and it's unclear exactly how much freedom you'll have by judging uh, the customization options. It sounds like you'll be able to make uh, your own Jin. Combine that with different styles and different areas, and it seems as though we'll be able to tackle combat scenarios as you like. One thing's for sure, you wouldn't want to uh, see either of Jin's fighting styles in person. I think he'd have to flash you up in a heartbeat. Before we go deeper into that, I've said this before, I'm excited, I'm probably more excited for Ghost of Tsushima than Last of Us 2. But I am terrified that it's one open world game. Now, I know it's a very artsy take. You know, we've got black and white options. We've got Japanese yeah. soundtrack, which, you know, I like the Japanese soundtracks, being a Yakuza and, and Shenmue Man and all that. So I, I like to hear that. I think it adds credence. Um, but the open world game... traditionally in this Ubi style and we saw PlayStation studios have a go with um, horizon zero dawn. And when I saw him like 
picking up bamboo just by walking past it for crafting and uh, honouring temples to get uh, special amulets to upgrade X or Y power in his, his inventory. I was thinking, as much as I was excited, I did think the internet got a little bit too slathery over what looks like a very polished Assassin's Creed. I would agree with some of that, not all of that. Uh, I think you raised some really good points there about claiming the materials. I think the difference maker with a game like Red Dead Redemption and an Assassin's Creed, even though they're big open world games, is that level of immersion and detail within how you do your just daily things or just random small details in going about the map. So Mm. when you go over to something and you just, it just automatically picks it up. It just takes you out of it a little bit. I know we're very, I know we're very much like, we like it to be more of a life sim in a way that you have to go and forage those and actually cut them with your sword or small knife or something, whatever they would use because you feel like you're learning or you you're doing something as the character rather than just, I just hope it's not running around. Why go, why go to all the extent of a Japanese soundtrack uh, and, and, uh, or voice sound over as you would call it. Okay. And a black and white grainy filter for him to just absorb bamboo by walking within an inch of it. Yeah. I think you, you've got to remember a lot of people don't like to play to the level of detail that sometimes think how many people turn red dead off because it was so slow. I think they're worried they've got to get that balance right. I think a lot of this game hinges on its stories. If it's good or not, I think the combat will be fairly solid looking at it. The story's got me gripped. There's no two ways about that. I do like Japanese history. Um, but how do you feel about like, obviously you've got that realistic history about this invasion of, of uh, Tsushima yet then you've got animals leading you to places and sort of a little bit of a a more mystical element to the game. That's a solid point well made. I don't know. I mean, I like the fact there's going to be no menu and you're not going, there's there's not going to be a map per se that you're going in and you're dropping a waypoint there and it, it kind of draws a line on a map that's on the screen. It seems like they've took 10 steps forward. And they took 10 steps back. You know, it's a bit strange, isn't it? I mean, there's there's a lot there in the 18 minutes, but also this is probably going to be a massive game, so maybe we've not seen a, a lot. I hope the map is quiet, but also enough there to to be interesting. I want to go think, oh, I can see that on the horizon. I'm going to go over there. There's a point in the trailer where we saw him with like some flute, Japanese flute or something on the top of the mountain. And like, mm. is there going to be like music to the game? Can we just start, sit there chilling and play music? It's all those little details that will make a game go from an eight to a 10. I'd say if we want to use the number scale, I think it's how everything adds up to make it, a far more detailed experience. I think that's where sometimes, no disrespect to the the newer Assassin's Creed, but from what I've seen, it's just missing that next level of detail, uh, which is, I think, down to time constraints and stuff. I'm sure there's stuff they'd love to put in, but um, we are are very biased to Red Dead here, and it's not without its faults, but just I'd love to see that same amount of detail in Ghost of Tsushima. 
from what I've seen so far, it's looking promising. But like you say, there's uh, some other things that just sort of in the trailer were a bit like, oh, that's a bit odd. It's not a choice for it to do that. Yeah, I, love, I like, think the it's going to um, be closer to Assassin's Creed uh, Samurai yeah, than it I, is going to be to a Red Dead. And I think if you look at a game like Horizon Zero Dawn, or even to a lesser extent, Days Gone, yeah. uh, I think that's what we're going to get. Someone raised a, I can't remember, it might have been on an internet post or something the other day. So a really good thing of, if next gen's going to be this really flashy graphics yet, the character is holding a weapon and then just laying it on their back and there's no straps or any the holster or anything like that. It's just mm. stuff like that that actually makes next gen they're the things that make it important. If it can if it can look amazing, but then it just completely takes you out of it by a character just resting or holstering a gun on the side of their body with, with no way of holding it. You're so why that just looks so ridiculous. I know it's a tiny thing to pick up on, but I think that's gonna be okay in ghosts from looking at it. I think that's quite detailed. There's a bit where he's bent down, he's been walking through like uh, obviously got a lot of mud on him, and you can see all the particles and mud on his uh, his sort of samurai uniform. I thought looked nice. It's just things like that that I like, and that's personal opinion. Well, uh, uh, you, you talk of weapons in the world. You can upgrade Jin's weapons. Uh, you can customize his look with armor pieces, decals, and color schemes. You have to change the color of individual garments, as well as completely overhaul your appearance with, appearance with different items. That can be done by collecting dye flowers around the world, which, again, you kind of absorb as you walk near. allows you to give you a piece of armor, a palette swap. You'll also be able to collect the aforementioned charms we talked about, which have a more uh, dramatic effect on Jin. Uh, Omimori charms can be collected out in the open world and when equipped, give your character a special boost. Uh, The charm of uh, Okanushi gives you the ability to recover health slowly outside of combat while the charm of Unseen Respite has smoke bombs restore 25% of your health. Huh? You see, that's a bit Assassin's Creed Unity, isn't it? Again, I'm not here to beat this game up, so don't don't get on the flame at me, but I, in my mind's eye, I kind of expected more of a, a Red Dead Samurai game here when they talked about detail and love of Japanese film and cinema and history, I did expect a little bit more Red Dead Samurai than Assassin's Creed Horizon did Zero Dawn Samurai, which is making me nervous. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. I, I still holding out high hopes for it. I think the, imagine the, a game the, like Tenchu, the whole look of the game. You know, I was thinking this would be more like a Tenchu style, like uber realistic. Um, you know, I know they can't do a Sekiro because it's not for everybody. Um, and, you know, if yeah, they'd I mean, made Sekiro... an open world from software game, they'd have got absolutely owned because that's not what Sucker Punch are about. But... Yeah. yeah. Oh. It's like it's on a weird balance of realism but fantasy from what we've seen so far. Uh, yeah. I think it's probably high, higher towards the percentage of realism. But... Yeah, I we've got to remember they've got to make it fun, and no one's there's not a lot of like casual market going to think I'm going to get a historically accurate game because I but think what a lot part of, of that casual market's going to go? 
I think the casual market are going to be drawn by the graphics in the first instance because it does look beautiful. I will give them that. I know when I started the screen, it was obviously having some problems and I loaded it. And the biggest biggest downside of this coming out on, the, I think it was Thursday, was the day before you'd had that Unreal Engine, which we're going to get to um, in the news. It, it, it kind of took a little bit of uh, shine off this, even though it's a fantastic looking game for this generation. I mean, it's phenomenal, especially if it's a reasonably sized open world. It, it's very impressive uh, with the with the colours. As for, um, I think we've got to get to that, haven't we, as to how you can play the game, different game. But we'll quickly just go back to yeah, the obviously, two, two different... As we sorry, saw... The, no, I'll... I'll just round this one out if you like. Yeah. Uh, as we saw, there was a photo mode. Uh, Sucker Punch being the alleged innovator of photo modes. There's no surprise there. The feature returning Ghost of Tsushima. In addition to shutter speeds and filters, you can set up wind direction, particle effects, change the atmosphere for your portraits. You can even add soundtracks to make short sort of GIFs, I presume, or little 20-second clip videos. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and as this is a game, you'll want to photograph as it looks, as we discussed. I mean, graphical graphically, it, it's, a, it's a real sayonara. See what I did there? To the PlayStation 4. Um, but as we touched on at the start of this little piece, you can play the game entirely in black and white with film grain. And you can also unlock a Japanese um, dialogue as well, which that's, I mean, that's nice. I don't know if anyone's going to play it in black and white. Uh, yeah. First so, play through. But I um, think, yeah, I what think, do you think um, about that? The options to do or, or the various options have got a fantastic and, and they should be praised for doing that because a lot don't and it's going to be very interesting to see how people play it for me i'm going to go through if you're saying samurai and ghost are two different play styles altogether i think personally you're going to be able to mix and match them as as you want to mm-hmm. uh, i don't think they're going to be separate but if they were i'd go with the ghost because I feel like that's maybe the way they want you to play it first. Although you'd think that's harder, but we don't know yet. I'd go with that English dialogue and colour. But then that's such a great thing. You're going to be able to play it in black and white with Japanese voiceover in a completely different sort of play style, uh, combat-wise. It's just like, that. that's a really good reason to do another playthrough. A lot of big open world games, I get to the end of them like, I'd that was one of the best games I've played, but I'm not going to play it again. Yeah, there is like a there is a feeling of being exhausted by that world, isn't there? You yeah. Like, towards um, the end game, instead of like going slowly on the horse and moseying around and checking out all the little details, you're just whipping the living daylights out of the pony to get from A to B as quick yeah. as you can. I think for me, like the majority of Red Dead, I did actually try and take it all in, and I just I did do that. Um, when you get like around the 50, 60 hour mark of a game, though, you are literally, like you say, just, I've got to get to this point to progress the story. Because that's the problem where the narrative overtakes the gameplay because you just want to know what happens so much, like a turn of a page in a book, mm-hmm. that you, you, you just really want to know what happens. So you ignore so much of that world. And it's quite sad, really, that you might have got to a new area and you're just completely blanking it with the blinkers on and just looking at the, the story element of the game. 
Yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, it, it, it must be hard as a developer to keep people focused on both. Yeah. But yeah, I've got high hopes for this and I'm really excited. That's two great titles coming to PS4 to sort of Swan Song It, Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima. So yeah, really looking forward to that one. Okay, well, next up, Tom, this, uh, I mean, I thought this, this one up? Yeah, I thought this was dead and buried, but yeah, off you go. Uh, ahoy, not there. Skull and Bones was announced at Ubisoft's E3 2017 press conference. Can't believe that was that long ago. I know. And we've seen abs- I know. We've seen absolutely nothing of the game for nearly two years. Uh, will it come out at some point in the future? Probably not. And you won't be seeing it around the launch of the PlayStation 5 e- either. That's because the French publisher that has just confirmed its lineup for the next fiscal year, and Skull and Bones is a part of it. The games you can look forward to from Ubisoft between now and 31st of March 2021 are Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Watch Dogs Legion, Rainbow Six Quarantine, Gods and Monsters, and one more currently unannounced AAA title. That will most likely be a new Far Cry game. Uh, Yeah, that's strongly rumoured. According to Jason Schreer, where does this leave Skull and Bones? Well, probably dead and buried. The game's last update came via a Twitter post in May 2019 when it was announced a delay. The account has remained silent since then. Can we say that Skull and Bones has been cancelled? Not officially, but we'd be surprised to see it ever released at this point. That's there was a, a lot shame, of hype. I think that there was, let's face it, at the time, there was a great big bandwagon rolling through town for pirates, all things pirates, for all things Assassin's Creed Black Flag. And yeah. it still had momentum and people were still slathering you know, having gone back, having not played Black Flag at the time of launch and gone back, uh, I can see why people who'd never played Sid Meier's Pirates were like, oh, combat's amazing. The combat was yeah. not amazing. The combat was glitchy. It was unrealistic. Um, it was arcadey. But if you want to build a whole game and an online multiplayer game around that ship combat, I think Ubisoft knocked over the air freshener and got a little bit, you know, to open the door, Tom, because Skull and Bones, I mean, X marks the spot, bury it in the ground and forget it was ever made. Let's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I I was lukewarm when it was announced in the first place um, because I didn't get the fever dream of Assassin's Creed Black Flag when it first came out. I I was like, nah. Um, But you see you know what I'm like I don't want skull and bones I want uh, you want Navy Simulator don't you yeah but one where let's say you could pick two paths you could either be an officer so you go down the route of learning how to command the whole ship and that doesn't mean steering it because no officer ever steered a Royal Naval ship in his life uh, but, you know, using a map system, a little bit like... Um, you're virgin on revealing your ghost podcast anyway, so I think your historical knowledge needs to be... You need to oh, play it down on here. You there's need to, two, you need there's to, two podcasts yeah. in the world. Oh, is there? There's a, a gaming, there? There's a gaming one that you don't know about okay. um, until now, and there's also my <laughs> history one that's going okay. <laughs> to piggyback off of... Uh, well, I can't really piggyback off of this show. I'll have to pick up, piggyback off the other show, but, you know. Uh, Quite the scoundrel. Yeah, you, you know, like um, Sea of Thieves, you use the map and then you pick a destination you steer. It would be good if you were able to pick points and you say, okay, steer us to there. 
then you could walk the deck as the officer and initiate like um firing training so you know you get everyone manning the cannons and the more you actually put people through the training means whether you can or they they knock a second off their reload time if that makes sense or if you're too harsh and you do too much training in one day you know words of mutiny start to spread when i played assassin's creed 3 for the first time without raving on about that seemingly on every episode the interaction that you had as uh hayfen kenway on board the ship was far more interesting to me being able to go below and see the crew and was so better executed than it was when you did the missions, the pirate, the sort of pirate Navy missions in Assassin's Creed three later. And then also Assassin's Creed black flag. You had a whole ship with the crew. You knew none of them and they, you would have known them all intimately. You couldn't yeah. go below decks. You couldn't see the upgraded crew areas that you just slaved over getting all the materials for to get. That just meant that you had extra space to store men that were just a resource in the end. Um, Again, this is the the level of detail, isn't it? We've been talking about how it elevates certain games to like masterpieces of of the current time. Yeah, and I think I if think, they're done um, well and things are explained and it's believable, it doesn't matter if you're a casual gamer and you get sucked into a really deep game like that because not only does it have great gameplay mechanics, but it also makes you learn a little bit more about the time and you're like, oh, that, oh yeah. is that did that really happen? And then you go yeah. off and go on the internet, you're like, oh my goodness gracious me, I didn't know that that actually happened. That's That just sounds something fantastical they've put in a game, but... Now I know that that uh, happened. It's like, that's unbelievable. Actually, I've, it's quite a good point to to just raise here that the way you're talking about how you like to interact with a game and if it makes you then go down a route of looking into its his, history or the time it's saying and so forth. I was speaking to a work colleague and he was talking about... Um, He's a, he's a young lad and he was sort of saying, yeah, he, he just liked shooting and blowing things up with, like, he tried Ace Combat and just didn't, like, didn't like it because he'd gone from, like, something like Modern Warfare to playing Ace Combat. And he was just like, well, you need the right missiles or you're not meant to be shooting those other planes down there on your team or you're escorting that thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where, I think this is the problem developers have is they're, they're developing trying to make a game seem really fun and pick up and play and arcade in a way. Um, but also there's those fans, you have like this 50-50 divide of people who, who like yourself want to learn something from it and there's nothing wrong or right in either one. They're just two different markets and it's it's. I think that's why we get like these cool classic games sometimes because they can be really mega detailed but to another person and look, they're really boring. Yeah. So I think that's my take on Assassin's Creed uh, when you mention it like that is it, it's trying to help sell to both. Um, 
And yeah, the well, games that, do get measured on time to action, don't they? So from when yeah, you're putting the console, yeah. turning the console or PC on, putting the game in, and how soon before you're actually pressing buttons is yeah, a metric uh, that some look, critics use to yeah. either rubbish a game or say it's amazing. Uh, look at look at some of the Metal Gears uh, and, and Kojima's games. Like some of them, just so long winded to get to any actual gameplay. Yeah, that a lot of fan, uh, not a lot of gamers, just don't like them. Because they're just very long-winded and and bloated twaddle, really. So maybe uh, I'm that kind of gamer. Maybe I now identify because I, you know, I think it was generally well received. Um, was Death Stranding, but I, for me, that forced its way quite wholeheartedly into my top ten games. Really? Oh, what That's a great good. game! Yeah. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, well, there we go. I mean, at the same time, Assassin's Creed 3's forced its way onto the top 10 best games of my life. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, for all different reasons. Um, we'll move on. Do you want on. me to kick off? Uh, I'll, uh, I'll uh, put my teeth in for this time. Next okay. time you grass, you'll be sleeping with a fish's Microsoft. Uh, Microsoft's just leaked. Microsoft's store has leaked Mafia Definitive Edition ahead of the announcement on the 19th of May. According to the game's page, it's set to launch on the 28th of August, but the release date isn't the only thing we can pull from this. Indeed, the big story here is that Mafia Definitive Edition isn't just a remaster. It looks to be a full remake remake of the game, running on a new engine complete with brand new assets, even as an expanded story. Now, this looks like right. This looks good to me. I've not played any of the Mafias, so... Uh, and no. this next bit of news, uh, I don't know whether to start playing it next week or whether I should wait for... And I think they're going to divide their fan base here. Mafia 2 Definitive Edition comes to PS4 and Xbox next week on the same day. This unve- unveiling was supposed to take place. That's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and that's Tuesday, the 19th of May, 2020. It'll include the base game and all DLC. and appears to be a remaster rather than the full remake treatment of Mafia Definitive Edition is getting. You'll have to wait until August to play the first one, although it does look pretty incredible. So... So you scheduled to choice. go out on the 19th of May and go, boom, we're doing a trilogy, remastered or, or within reason remade, but we're going to remake the first one and we're going to remaster the others and you're going to be able to get Mafia 1, 2 and 3. Uh, an epic saga of that's obviously inspired by Godfather, but spans a, an interesting period of American history. And I don't... See, I don't know whether the third ties into one and two. I don't, there's maybe spoilers there, so we won't discuss it much. But um, it's very strange that they're having like the the re the full remake of the first one come after this sort of. Well, it kind of to me, being the sort of gamer that I am, Mafia Two's launching on the nineteenth of May. Will I get it? Oh, I don't know. I might wait until the twentieth, twenty eighth of August, and buy a physical edition of all three. Yeah, I, that that would be me personally. Um, but I'm quite but intrigued to have a go at Mafia Two. But that Mafia, like it. that Mafia Definitive Edition, that not that remake, basically, that looks incredible, and it looks it very does. much a piece yeah. of me. Yeah, it it's looks LA uh, noir vibes all over it, doesn't uh, it? <laughs> it definitely does. Yeah, it, it would. Um, it could go to show what the. Uh, a remake of that could look like as well. Uh, it looks I mean, very August high detail. As well, it's, you're releasing three 
big games in August. I don't have Mafia on PS2, actually. I think it was a PS2 and PC game, wasn't it, Mafia 1? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah. I'll check the catalogue. I'll see if we've got it. I might pull it out and give my opinion on it if I do. I certainly won't be playing The Godfather, although I think I might have that. <laughs> uh, um First bit of, uh, we've interwoven people's thoughts on the news this week into the bumper news edition that we're rocking out. Chronicles of a Gamer, I'm excited for the new Mafia. Well, I call him his, I call him by his mortal name. We know Chronicles of a Gamer as God. Or Bobby, but we'll call him God. I'm excited for new Mafia Trilogy remake. It's much like Resident Evil remakes as they were built from the ground up. If you haven't played the original, then this is your chance. The first two were damn near perfect. Three was good. Gameplay-wise, it was a disaster. That's all I know in the gaming news world, lol. Well, you're God, so you know more than you're letting on, but he's playing it cool as always. Uh, Tom? The great oracle divine being, that is. Yeah, well, if Bobby. Bobby, can you fly, Bobby boy? Um, <laughs> this is Survive Series 1, and it's a staple stale, uh You ready? New. Yeah, yeah. Listener, we pick him up just for the clap. Batmall, what's he got to say, Tom? The Tony Hawks and Mafia ones look good because I've never had the chance to play either originals, but also thought it was quite funny seeing the Epic Store crash within moments of them making GTA 5 free this week. He's He's been on the pulse, hasn't he, old Batmall? New listener, thanks yeah. for the comment. He's down uh, to the ground, yeah. sucking it all up, isn't he? I did notice uh, with the GTA 5 free free uh, purchase on the Epic Store. I thought that was generous. And uh, there's still people out there who I would personally pick that up again because I haven't got it on the platforms I'm playing on, but sometimes I just love to just blast around the city uh, and trying out the different vehicles and maybe dabble a bit on the online again. It's a great game, isn't it? And oh, I've not it played it. Really. I think I've played brilliant. like two hours of it and I don't know why. I just didn't vibe with it. You've never played the campaign? Two hours of the campaign I've played. Yeah, it's it's not it as memorable. It didn't feel as... like four, so I didn't I didn't like it. I'll be honest. Four to me just made me so happy, and I still love that game. I think they tried something new with the three protagonists. It's a really cool idea, but I don't think it overall. It just felt a bit weak compared to the other stories of um, even Vice City. Uh, was sort of stronger, I think, even though it's a lot older game. Uh, well, let's let's yeah. park that. Thank you for reaching out to us, Batmall. It's always nice to hear a new voice in the ether. So, uh, um, and we've had quite a lot of new voices recently, but we're we're seeing a return to some of the more uh, regular staple contributors members. this yeah. week. Yeah, the staple stable mates. Seeing is believing. Next bit of news, Tom. Um, yeah, and I think this is probably the most. This? Yeah, it's the most exciting bit of news I think we've had. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, this week's big reveal is actually the unveiling of the Unreal Engine Five from Epic Games. Uh, the above video gives us our first real in-depth look at what the PlayStation Five is capable of as the Unreal Engine Five tech demo is running in real time on Sony's next-generation console. The demo is called Lumen in the Land of the Night, and needless to say, it's very impressive. Again, the whole thing is running in real time on PS5. Footage is in-game, being played by someone with a controller, and it's not pre-rendered. 
While the company's up-and-coming Unreal Engine 5 will naturally be compatible with multiple formats, including, of course, PlayStation 4, the firm has really been taking, uh, talking up the design of Sony's next-gen system. It has an immense amount of GPU power, but also multi-order uh, multi bandwidth increase uh, its store storage management. Being the boss, Tim Sweeney, as, report, as reported by The Verge, that's going to be absolutely critical. The executive added that it's one thing to render everything that can fit in memory, but a different proposition entirely to render a world that may be tens of gigabytes in size instantaneously. Obviously, it's that the oft-discussed PS5's SSD that's putting in the work. We've been working super close with Sony for quite a long time on storage. Sweeney continued, the storage architecture on the PS5 is far ahead of anything you can buy on anything on PC for any amount of money right now. It's going to help drive uh, future PCs. The PC market is going to see this thing ship and say, oh, wow, SSDs are going to need to catch up with this. And obviously well, there's, there's a couple of takeaways there. Unreal 5 Engine's going to be a staple of many, many games coming out on Xbox uh, one series x or xbox series x and and playstation 5 and yeah. they said it's scalable as well so no doubt <laughs> switch is going to be running it to some extent and uh yeah i mean so is it successor yeah they're going to definitely be trying to get that uh some form of it running on the switch because it's gonna otherwise fall sadly behind and it was uh, nice great. i mean last week we had the xbox uh reveal of some gameplay stuff that's coming out and that all looked I, to be cross-party stuff didn't it or cross-platform I think stuff that, i think that was really unfairly treated on its arrival i think people just as usual classic people browsing the internet they just don't read the full thing they just see next gen they're thinking they're going to see halo fable rare game um project gotham not Forza. Um, who knows? We might see Project Gotham. That'd be good. But um, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they've just not read that. It was it was clearly stated this is going to be like multi-format, third-party stuff. So in your head, if you know anything, you're going to think, well, a lot of that's going to be cross-gen as well. Mm. So I went in with quite low expectations with that, and I thought it was put together really well. I think yeah. what they showed was a good mixture. And I think it was just a bit daft to maybe have people's expectations ramped up. But this um, was our, this this Unreal Five engine. Yeah, this is what demo is kind of what I thought. Oh right, okay, thank goodness. This this is we've seen we've seen the stuff that people are going to be getting day one, like Watch Dogs, which they've bought on their Xbox One and or Xbox Three Sixty. Then they're getting on their Xbox One and PS Three and PS Four, and there's an upgrade there for sure, but it's not massive. Uh, but what are the next gen systems going to be capable of at the midpoint to end point of their lives? Unreal Engine 5 probably showing us that this is what next gen's about. And it's like, oh, right, okay, now I can get it, my head around where we're going. Definitely. It, it looked phenomenal. Uh, the lighting, the textures of that sort of uh, rubble and, and stone. Of the, uh, I actually of thought the, cave. the first half of it in the cave looked better than the second half of it. Where I mean, I know um, people like Digital Foundry have probably got their calculators out and they go, "George, you're well out of line." That bit with the statues is incredible; it's unbelievable. But 
I think the, I could like, I could attach more to the realism of that cave and the stone and the lighting in that more realistic environment than I could to yeah, the one in the temple. It, I think the temple gets borderline like fantasy, and and you can tell it's a video game design world. When yeah. you're in the cave, you're like that looks like it could be in um, Egypt or or somewhere. It, it felt more thinking, grounded, yeah, didn't it? It did. Yeah, I think um, that pushed home. I think that was the right way to start the demo. Yeah, I think it made you realise and think, "Wow, that that's going to be." And, and the really... flying bit at the end, yeah, as incredible as it was to see such many, so many polygons rushing towards the screen and all that sort of stuff, it was a bit. Yeah, like, oh, you, you're not doing the best here to sell it to me because, well, the word in but the again, temple. This is, this is... In the temple, I did think to myself, "Well, that's not really too far away from what we might have seen this gen." from something like Uncharted 4. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I think uh, that that first part of the, of the tech demo is is very Tomb Raider Uncharted and it gets you your brain racing as I to did, what the I potential of... Much, um, on that note, I didn't think much to the actual uh, effort they put into the character model. No, that was like... Um, Mm. Well, dur- during my time as a games developer on Dreams, um, I found it very difficult to do. Uh, I think character models are always difficult. Y- you're dealing with like, <sighs> yeah, that's in fair the same, enough. In the, in the same but... way, ca- in the same way, a, a landscape I think is way easier to paint than a a portrait of of a person. Mm. I think it's harder to get that realism of a human being. I don't think they were going for full realism anywhere there. Yeah, but the environment they were, you know, I'd rather have not seen the, from the back, you know, it it was fine. You weren't looking at the character, but when they actually showed it at the end, I was like, oh God, no, it looks like a car crash. Yeah. It looked to me, it looked a little bit like beyond good and evil for the face. Yeah. But the but the photo realism of the rocks, the interaction of the physics of the rocks came tumbling down, the light through the top of the cave. Uh, no complaints from me at all. It looked incredible. Uh, some of the more fantastical stuff, you know, I, I'm glad they showed it in a grounded, realistic way. If we were going around a space station, I think it had been very hard to understand what was happening. Yeah. I, th- I think so. Um, Thoughts yeah, on that? I, I mean, that. there's a lot of noise there at the end from that guy talking about how it's the SSDs and that's going to change everything. Are they the game changer that's going to equal the Teraflops fight? Or or are we... Mm. What What's going on here? We don't know anymore. Do it's so a lot of very it. cagey. Yeah, it's... There's a lot of tech spiel, isn't there? And I don't pretend to know anything about that and I don't really take much notice of it I think they're both going to be really powerful machines and it's just I'm just happy to see progressive technology and just advancing what's what can already be done um, mm. and making it even better so I I don't know I've not, I can't say much on that I think it's it's great for people in the industry because they'll know what it means and what, I don't know imagine you're an artist and you're given a new medium to create something in like a new a new material it's a be it's like being given that isn't it it's exciting for them 
to think. Oh yeah, oh, no, no. Now, doubt. now, 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 I can do that. We can do this, mm-hmm. and and on it rolls to to um, sort of snowball into even better ideas. So that's the exciting thing. I think it's it's great for great for the developers to have new tools to work with. Well. We've got someone We've got, here, as always, yeah. with an opinion on on that, and it's Comic Pictures seventy nine. Uh, I think you might have a new name on Instagram, but either which way, I'm sure if you type in, type in Comic Pictures on it, see so you can get some Series One merch. We yet to quite decide what we're doing with Series Two, and also best comment every month wins uh, not just an official controller, but anything from Adam's shop, courtesy of us. Uh, she's very generous, Tom. Very nice reward for someone writing in with their opinion to a games news show, isn't it? It is, yeah. Uh, how yeah, would they? Yeah. Uh, how would they? Before we give uh, Adam the artist his time in the dock, what's? Uh, how would they interact with the show and/or get their comment on the show? Uh, you can direct messages, as a lot of you do, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we always put our posts on Instagram to let you guys know what the weekly feature is going to be. Uh, obviously this week it was like a, a bumper news edition mm-hmm. uh, you can also email us at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com uh, you can also get involved on our discord uh, which if you go through the instagram page is a link tree follow the link to the discord there's loads of great uh, people on there some uh, some great opinions and and voices on on video gaming uh, who also provide a lot of great content so please Come and join the Discord and get involved. It's always great to have new people in there and, and new opinions. Uh, so, yeah, please get in touch and stand the chance of winning a, a, a great prize every month. Let's, uh, let's whirl in Comic Picture 79, as the artist formerly known as. He says, my takeaway was everyone was losing their minds over the Unreal 5 tech demo, but I remember everyone being exactly the same at the Unreal 4 tech demo. It, also, it's a tech demo. Don't expect games to look like that till <laughs> mid-gen. Still, it's at least a very good indicator of exciting times ahead. There's also a lot of talk about pricing, which appears to be in very good in a very good place. Perhaps being the same as current pro consoles, which we've talked about. In light of everyone's collective financial woes, that seems to be the right price and the right thing to do. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think um, I wonder actually whether Microsoft and Sony have, have gone away and looked at the current financial situation thought we potentially could sell less consoles if we sell it more expensive. They might think we'll take a bit of a loss on manufacturing and, and well, we'll as always, they make their money. PlayStation four, I think has had one of the best attach rates, which is IE what's the average number of games that someone owns for that system. Yeah. Um, and the PS4's attach rate is, is apparently, you know, one of the best ever. I think people have got at nice. least 10 titles. Every yeah, PlayStation I'd say, yeah, that's um, probably in the average, yeah. So we know that, that historically the console manufacturers would lose money. I think PS3 was the console that lost the most amount of money on launch. So in a way, they're probably quite happy they weren't too successful out of the gates because it was they were hemorrhaging money left, right, and Chelsea. Um, I suppose it's worth selling a console at a loss if you think you're going to get a decent attach rate. But that attach rate needs to be five plus i think for the master work so you got to get the console out there to get the attach rate up and they make their money on the the game sales and licensing of the games so it's an interesting time isn't it 
Yeah, it certainly is. Um, I, I, I hope Comet Pictures is right and we do see that um, sort of strong uh, price point. I think that will hopefully drive people to take the leap. But there's lots of options available now, isn't there? Like We're quite lucky we can trade stuff in against it or spread the cost and various things. So, yeah, fingers crossed everyone gets to jump on board next well. gen. Some exciting news once again. We're having some swan songs on the PS4 and Xbox One. Birdman takes flight. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 are skating back onto Xbox and PS4 for their glorious return. Following a curious leak, just moments before the official announcement, Activision has confirmed the original two games are being given the remake treatment on current gen platforms. You should also check out the first uh, the trailer. Um, I mean, that trailer looks great, Tom. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it or not. Um, yes. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, night and day it, to the original leap, PS1 yeah, yeah, game, it's isn't, a, it? It's I mean, it, leap, isn't it? I mean, yeah. I think as, as with that, all the things we've talked about this episode, I think everyone's just got to go away. That unreal five engine you mentioned, they should go have a look at. And I, I agree this, they need to go have a look at the mafia stuff. They need to go and have a look at if it's stills or whatever, if you're a PlayStation owner, please go look at Ghosts of Tsushima if you've not looked at that already. Yeah, that, well again, that's look. especially I tried to watch it not long after. I didn't watch it live, that Ghosts, but I did watch it after the point. Obviously, I think sometimes the, you're better watching that delayed one because the, the live stream sometimes, depending on your internet connection. Well, the, live, the, the re- recording of the live stream I saw was totally tessellated and, blo- uh, and, and blocky, and it was like, mm, yeah. I listened to the words, but I didn't really look at the picture. Anyway, we get distracted. The announcement of uh, Tony Hawk's was part of Jeff Keeney's Summer Games Fest. Uh, the trailer states the games will feature 4K, PS4 Pro, Xbox, compacting all the original locations, characters, and modes. In addition, they'll feature multiplayer, letting you skate with your buddies. Fortunately, there isn't long to wait until we can play this ourselves as it launches 4th of September 2020. Yeah, it's good to see a lot of these announcements are coming. Uh, we've got another bit of news that's got a quite an up-and-coming uh, release date. It's nice to see them actually announcing... Uh, dropping tiles and the the release date not being far away. There's nothing worse than seeing something you think, wow, that looks amazing, and realizing, oh, it's not out for like a year and a half. So uh, yeah, credit to them with that. It's it's great to see uh, Tony Hawk coming back, and maybe we'll see more of those games if it does we've well. We've got a we've got a couple of uh, long term supporters of the show. Roast Space Monk, he's excited. Tony Hawk's one and two remake, still play them to this day. Uh, so a modern remake suits me perfectly. Also, Mafia 1 and 2. First Mafia game is a classic. Very excited for that. Also as a bonus. Oh, I'll tell you what. Alan Waite. Yeah, I saw this. Games Pass, May 21st. Celebrate the 10th anniversary. If anything was going to make me get Game Pass, <laughs> it would be Alan Wake. Uh, I mean, that might make me buy a 360 in a, a special edition of Alan Wake, maybe. Uh, he says he's excited for that, as I love that game. Uh, do you want to take got the... Re- yeah, yeah, we've got Retro Gamer Thomas next, uh, long-term listener, so hope you're having a good day. Um, I love the Tony Hawk's announcement, and I've already pre-ordered the special edition. as a fantastic memory of me and my old flatmate taking it in turns on runs till the early hours trying to com- uh, complete those games. And I did actually enjoy the Unreal Engine reveal. I know they probably won't look like that to start with, but it's nice to see what the PS5 is capable of. 
ideally it's all about the games, but it's nice to know what they could look like, and that's impressive. Also, yeah, here, here, Dirt Five gamer Thomas. Yeah, well said. Also, Dirt Five looks very exciting as it's heading back to the early Dirt games rather than the later, more sim-based edition. It's going to be great fun on a wheel. Just hope mine's compatible. Laughing emoji. Okay, laughing till he cries emoji, little scoundrel. Um, yeah, thank you for Next that. Retro news. gamer Thomas and roast space monk. Uh, unfolding another Switch title, Tom. Well, that's a fantastic and completely out of the brew surprise. Uh, I never saw this one come in. Neither did you. Neither did most people. Nintendo has revealed Paper Mario the Origami King for the Nintendo Switch. The latest game in the Paper Mario series sees the Princess Peach welcoming Mario and Luigi to the Kingdom's Origami Festival. Things don't sound quite as peachy as they might have hoped, though. And as you can see in the... Uh, Brand new trailer that's out there. It seems as if King Ollie, who claims to be the ruler of the Origami Kingdom, has hatched a devious plot that endangers everything Mario holds dear. Um, here's some PR that we've got our grubby mitts on to tell us all about it. Mario faces one of the most thrilling challenges yet in Paper Mario, the Origami King, when the dangerous King Ollie unleashes his plan to fold the entire world. It's very Inception, isn't it? Just when matters couldn't get worse, he's bound Princess Peach's castle in a giant coloured streamers and transported it to a distant mountain. He's even transformed Bowser's minions into folded soldiers and enlisted them in his treacherous cause. Luckily, Mario's equipped with a range of new tools at his disposal to make sure uh, help secure victory. One of Mario's new abilities, called 100 Fold Arms, allows you to interact with the landscape by stretching out and pulling peeling and revealing new locations. It all sounds very tear-away to me, helping you to solve puzzles and uncover unexpected surprises along the way. You'll enlist the help of characters old and new, such as King Ollie's good-natured sister, Olivia, along with a range of unlikely allies, including Bowser himself. If they haven't yet folded to the whims of King Ollie's origami will, Mario will accept all the help he can find with open arms. Mario, Paper Mario, the Origami King, also introduces a new ring battle system that lets you flex your puzzle-solving skills to line up scattered enemies and maximise damage. While the enemies may be crafted from paper, these dynamic turn-based crafted battles are from stationary. It require a sharp mind to make short work of these crafty enemies. The game will be launching exclusively on Switch, 17th of July for $59.99 or pounds or euros or whichever way Nintendo know how to charge in both digital and physical forms. You should find the game available to pre-purchase in the eShop, Tom. Can you confirm that? Have you been on the Switch or is it just your coaster for your PlayStation? My, uh, funnily enough, my uh, my Switch is with my brother at the minute. I've lent it out to him for a while because I've just not been using it. Um. And we'll just go into that a little bit because this year they've had like Animal Crossing and then there's this. And I feel like I'm in that demographic Nintendo fan group of like, I like my Mario, like my Zelda, like my Metroid, like Smash and Mario Kart. Some of their other titles are very, very niche to me. I think, oh, well, I say niche, Animal Crossing selling millions of copies, but there's just a lot of their games that I actually just can't get into. And I feel bad. I feel like as a Nintendo fan, I should love them all. But when I look at my Switch library, there's a lot there I would quite happily trade because I just don't play them. There's probably five games on there that I really love. Um, 
And this Paper Mario, was, it was a great surprise for Nintendo fans because they've been so quiet and they've had no news for One ages. One thing I would say about that, and it kind of backs up your point, last time I was all in prior to the Wii U, <laughs> which, which has got a very similar ending to this, yeah. last time I was all in as a Nintendo owner uh, was the N64. I've never been so bored... There were some standouts, Jet Force Gemini, Zelda, obviously, Mario 64, uh, Donkey Kong 64, yeah, GoldenEye, but well, it's five or six games. Yeah, this is the thing with Rogue them, Squadron, like but you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, you'd, yeah. I know someone will come in now and be like, oh, I can list this, 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 and I'll be like, yeah, but... <laughs> No. Again, that 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 is that is personal opinion. I think you are right to some extent. When I had the PlayStation and I had the N sixty four, we could me and my brother used to kind of mix and match. Like just one week there'd be something good, the next month there'd be something else on the other console. They do. They are really good at making like generation defining games and experiences, but there's also a lot of. And especially in the latter days now with the Switch, there's a lot of stuff they churn out um, that I'm like, mm, that's not like... They seem to have these two or three levels of, of how good said titles are. I've not played Animal Crossing, so I don't want to comment, but like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey I just seem to be light years ahead of, of some of the other stuff they put out first party-wise. Mm. I'm rambling a bit, but I think the Paper Mario announcement, I was like, oh, great. I kind of knew that was coming anyway. I've read a lot of rumours that was coming as part of the Mario, I think, 35th anniversary. They're going to do, supposedly, remasters of those other 3D Mario games, well, which would be great. But again, the remasters, as much as I thought that's cool, do it as like an All-Stars pa- package, I'd have been happy seeing Odyssey 2. Or maybe another 3D Mario. Maybe yeah, that's too completely. soon. I think that would have been a nicer celebration and then release those on the QT. Uh, maybe in their original form. I don't think yeah, some just of the, do 3D the original, Mario's yeah. need. Just, you know, just to be seen on a HD screen, really. Would, that would, would be, be enough. Um, yeah. That's what I think. That's a, that's a really good point. And it's, I don't think it's going to be the You want to celebrate an innovative little platformer? Give us a new game with him. Don't, yeah, exactly. And, and then, as a then as an aside, as a little bonus, give us the ultimate All Stars edition, which has got every Mario yeah. mainstream platform and adventure. So all the ones that are on the original All Stars, Super Mario World, uh, uh, Galaxy, Mario sixty four, yeah. uh, Sunshine, I mean, I I and 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 then you know leave Odyssey out of that pack because it's separate. It's on the Switch, and then give us Odyssey two or or similar. Yeah. Please. Um, absolutely. I mean, I'm not going to rubbish uh, this new Paper Mario because I've never played one of them. And uh, I think they've got a lot of uh, hardcore fans who really love them. It's probably going to be a reasonable sized game for the price. I think they are. Yeah, I, I picked up one on the Wii. Um... Apparently the N64 one is the, 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 the best one. Uh, I think it's, yeah. I think it's uh, the N64 one or the Cube. I don't know. Like I say, some of 
a lot of Nintendo or some of lots the of cube ones Nintendo worth a lot games. Of money, I know. I think I've no. I thought yeah. I had the cube one. I really I think thought I had the cube one. And I can't find it anywhere. I think it's a thousand year door. The cube one. I think it's worth a bit of money. But like you say, yeah. I just sometimes I I was hoping for like Bayonetta three or Breath of the Wild two announcements and. We're probably not going to get those this year, or maybe if we do, it'll be the end of the year. Uh, there's rumours that they're ditching the direct thing for now because of coronavirus, and they're just going to do a few like surprise announcements through the summer. I think that's probably the way they're going to go. But well, we're, ditching it's a very, a, we're ditching a non-live event that's just online because of corona. I, they're very strange, aren't they? Like Sony has said, no, there's not going to be any delays to the PS5. This is a whole new console. Yet Nintendo coming out saying, oh, there might be delays to some of our games. I do believe where you're right sometimes and think, I don't know whether they've got stuff ready. I mean, there haven't been a main direct, I think, since November last year. We've had a mini direct, which was okay. It was a lot of filler and third party stuff. I just, yeah, it's just, it, it's almost as Switch if they had like, accepted their fate at the end of the Wii U and just bumbled the Switch out thinking, well, we're not making a, a, a proper big console anymore, so we'll come out. And, but I, I we know a lot of fans Switch. will be unhappy. Well, you love it, but you've given it away. Um, I, I know do, yeah, a lot of fans will be unhappy yeah. about us not doing a main console anymore. So why don't we try and do something that's going to replace the 3DS because that's getting a bit creaky. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, but make it so you can, you know, like the idea of the Wii U, but actually a working idea Good. of the Wii U. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. I yeah. Think... Okay. Yeah. That that would keep everyone happy, but it will also allow us to sneak into being a handheld manufacturer only without anyone noticing. Yeah. 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 Uh, what games have we got? Oh, well, I didn't think we'd be here next week, so we haven't really got out. We've got that Wii U game we had out, you know, that, that Zelda game. Well, that was great. That's that would have sold thing, a lot like... of Wii U's. That would have sold a hell of a lot of Wii U's if they'd actually yeah. brought that out on the Wii U. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think they just need to be careful. They're, they've they've got a really strong market at the minute, but I don't see this being a big year for them, really. Sadly as well, because like I, like I say, I do love the Switch. I think it's a great little machine. And it's a good, I think it's a great companion console. But, I was just hoping to. What I, world I'm are we in when Nintendo's see. a great companion console? It's, it's always been like that for quite a while, hasn't it? I think I've always owned some form of either Nintendo handheld or console, along with like one of the main sort of Xbox or Playstations. Um, yeah, we're digressing a bit on this anyway, but I don't want to rubbish Nintendo. I think it's just a personal opinion. I've been a bit disappointed with them this year. And that's just that's just a selfish opinion of like they're not the games I want to play. But mm. there's a lot of people who do like them. Maybe I've outgrown it a little bit. It's just oh, I can't. I said I think the gap is so big when you just have an experience or or constant good experiences on the PlayStation or Xbox of these big, massive, quite realistic looking games. Mm. But then they just go along. They come along and do a, like a Breath of the Wild and I'm like yeah I still love you <laughs> true uh, where we're at we're, although, we've got a list although of one thing I would say about 
Breath of the Wild is that uh, did many kids think, oh, this is great? Or was it mainly older gamers like you that were like, oh, yeah, it's exactly what I always wanted? Oh, yeah, 100%. I think I think. I don't right. think they're I think attracting... That's... I think... I know a lot of kids have got switches because it means that mum and dad don't have to sacrifice the TV. Um, yeah. But I don't think many of them... You know, I don't know. It's hard to know. I know from my experience, the kids aren't really thinking that Breath of the Wild's amazing. They'll play it because yeah. if I make them play it because they're banned from any other one of these multiplayer <laughs> online games, then that's, you know, you'll game on whatever you can game on. But uh, yeah, the Switch isn't really that appealing as far as sort of uh, outside of, I would say, 30 plus. Most yeah. of the people that have got a Switch are using it to play massively multiplayer free online games. Yeah, I think that's a, a valid point. I agree. Scary times. Um, game and get paid and get fit. While exercise is one of the few freedoms we can enjoy during lockdown, it's not easy for everyone to get a regular workout in. Whether you're frantically juggling homeworking and childcare, rushed off your feet as a key worker or trying to self-isolate, getting out for that run or a cycle isn't always practical. Luckily, home workouts are on the rise. With gym streaming classes online and wealth of free content available on YouTube, even your games console can help you get fit now and you can get paid £500 to see the results for yourself. Sports multivitamin company Liveit is recruiting four people. Yeah, so, you know, it's news, but it's not really news. To test out video game workouts for a month in a bid to discover how effective Exa Gaming is. The successful, successful. <laughs> applicants were provided with a Nintendo Switch and four games, Ring Fit Adventure, Just Dance, Zumba Burn It Up, and Arms by Livet themselves. They'll be required to complete a workout game every day for one hour over four consecutive weeks while continuing to eat their normal diet. At the end of each week, they'll need to submit a diary detailing their mood, energy levels, as well as their weight. Livitz launching the study after a survey revealed almost 48% of Brits have taken up virtual exercise while in lockdown. Tom, have you done any virtual exercise, friend, or have you just been uh, moving a sandwich from the plate to your mouth? Yes, uh, definitely the latter. I think it's too easy it's to eat at the moment, isn't it's it? A, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's a great idea um, to do this. And uh, I think like Ring Fit Adventure and things like that are great, but my my personal choice is it's, I've, it's got no place in gaming. I don't. I'm not interested in any of that. I There's don't want to do um, any kind of exercise when I'm playing a game other than using my brain and my fingers. There's a lot so. of. Um, I remember when the PlayStation I came out, and uh, the wife at the time she went and got like a, a fitness game for it, and didn't really work and to be fair probably half I sometimes think that if you can't really be bothered to exercise i.e. go outside and run about or stop eating yeah. you find an yeah. excuse which is some sort of a fad be it a games console oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah I'll get fit yeah it's in the house it's near the TV I'll, you know I use that and you never do these these ring fit adventures I know there's evidence of people having lost a load of weight but I think these people would have lost a load of weight one way or the other be it through the game or by sealing their mouth shut and I think yeah. that um, yeah I think it's it I think 
when you buy a piece of a fitness equipment for a game, it's a way of making yourself feel slim for an afternoon. Uh, you probably would have been better off spending that money on some trainers. Mm, yeah, 100% agree with that. I know I'm going to get loads of messages now saying, no, oh, I you th- don't I understand, think, um, George. It's, you know, I can't get out and, uh, you know, I'm socially isolating and, and blah, blah, blah. I'm just talking in general. Wow. Yeah, I think out of lockdown circumstance, you're always going to be better. And we're a video game podcast, but I would, I'd always say just get a set of running shoes or or a cheap bike or something, and just do something like that. Or even um, one of the best ones. And let I know me, this. Let is me probably... tell you the science behind losing weight. And it's it's pretty harsh. It's and I pretty, love it's... food. It's to do more calorific burn than you eat. Yeah, you're going to feel hungry. And you're going to feel blooming miserable, but you're going to feel excellent with yourself when it's completed. Very wise words. Very good. Um, yeah, agree with that. Um, I burn a lot of calories at work, but I also eat a lot. Uh, it's just the older I've got, it's getting a little bit harder to to keep that balance of uh, of keeping the calories and and burn equal (laughs) well one thing Um, i would say is um i know it's time consuming i know it's time consuming but there was a a time when i was a larger gentleman than i am and the vast majority of my weight came off through high speed walking not like the olympic walking that you see but just going out and looking like you've got to get somewhere with the pace on yeah um two or three hours of that a day and uh, the weight will fall off. It's just committing yeah. to it because it does mean two or three hours a day where you could be playing video games or or doing your extra hours of work that they all require these days and, and other stuff. I think it's about making sure... I know we're deviating a bit here, but it's, um, it's about earning your time gaming as well. I know in like lockdown or, or furlough while I was on that... You kind of, I thought I could literally. Well, obviously, with the boy, I can't do that. But if 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 we hadn't have had children at, the, at that time, I could have thought oh, I could sit and play video games for like eight hours a day. And then you think, I haven't earned that. I haven't earned that. I'm going to feel rubbish because I'll eat eat trash. I'll not exercise. I'll get backache, bad posture. You got to go out and earn it. You got to you kind of just earn that bit of time yeah, and think, you know what, I've done enough exercise today. I've not eaten too badly. I'm going to sit for a few hours and play some video games because that's what I love. And it's just that. That's the Yeah, well, I have thing. to admit, like, there was, uh, we all got into a nice routine during furlough and I got into the routine of in the day, I'll go out and do a walk or a run or a bike ride um, or all three normally. Uh, mm. And then I would get back and around sort of five o'clock when you'd normally be finishing work uh, until I started doing the stream, I, I would have um, I would have then sat down again for four or five hours and felt like, yeah, that's worthy. My legs are aching. I'll prop them up yeah. higher than my, as high as I can on the sofa and on the little footstool in front of me uh, just to drain the uh, the bad blood and lactic acid out. And, you know, this feels like a worthy thing to do. And I was losing weight and feeling good about myself. Now I'm working from in front of a laptop from half six in the morning till gone five o'clock at night. Well, you know, I turn it off just in time to 
go online and, and do the stream. Um, I can't I can't go out and then go for a walk and a, I could do, but then I feel like, oh, I want my time on my games now after I've given everyone their Minecraft fix. So yeah. I'll then go and do retro game. And then I'm like, oh, Jan, you've sat looking at your laptop all day uh, a little bit sort of bored and distracted because the world's in a strange place. So you've had probably more than you should have done. And then you've basically not done anything. You've probably completed 200 steps all day. Uh, and now you're going to go play retro games and then go to bed. You're getting yourself, yeah. a, you're getting yourself in a mess here, boy. And I yeah. don't quite know what the answer is. I think a lot of people are coming back from or are going to come off a furlough and they're going to be completely paralyzed. Not physically, yeah, I mean, I felt, I, mentally. I, felt, I think physically and mentally I felt great on furlough because you just, you, you live in the, the life you kind of want to live of like being with your immediate family. It's sad you can't see anyone else or go anywhere, but you've got that routine down and you chuck work back in the mix and it's like, oh, now this is hard. I can completely um, identify with a lot of people as well who said, oh, you know, I, you know, I had anxiety before furlough and then furlough gave me a reason to be off. I had no reason to be anywhere. I had one thing to focus on. So therefore my stress levels went completely down, even though we're allegedly in a pandemic. And now, yeah. now I'm out of furlough or coming out of furlough. My anxiety spiked because uh, I feel yeah. guilt because I need to be looking positive at work and I, I kind of don't really know how to anymore. And there's a lot of people who'd be like, oh, well, just get on with it. You've got work. What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, sort your head out. You're just being lazy. You've had a you've had a three, four-week paid holiday. Yeah, yeah, I understand all that. But the world's not the it's world a- it was 10, 20 years ago. It's, uh, no. You know, it's not. It's, uh, I hope it's given people perspective as well to probably have time to think about what they want to do and and how spending time with family or do it focusing on one thing you enjoy while being off. Uh, hopefully that continues a little bit, even if it's in a smaller form of like an hour or a couple of hours a day. But it's hard, isn't it? We're back now to the – well, most of us are back now to the – Real life. Yeah. Yeah. It's – Or or at the moment, what I would like to describe as pretending to be normal, even though in reality it's so far removed from normal, (laughs) it's it's almost bizarre. Yeah. Well, we've uh, we've gone off on a tangent there, but we they came for the tangent. They got one. I'm sure they did. They did. What's this last bit of news, Tom? Last bit of news. Stars. Resident Evil 3 might have been far too short of an experience, but at least the multiplayer packed in named Resident Evil Resistance could have could have you coming back for more. The 4 versus 1 online mode features many classic monsters from the franchise's past, and now you can add Nemesis itself to the list. Starting today, you can play as the Tyrant in the Mastermind role. If you select players Nikolai Genov and uh, Akira enough points to spawn it, Nemesis is said to be a very speedy character, a crit with blood-curdling roar, which stops survivors <laughs> in their tracks and tentacles to deal multiple attacks at once. So also sport the classic rocket launcher. The team evaluated all the attacks Nemesis has in Resident Evil 3 and derives its resistance skills from the ones we think would feel the most satisfying for players to use when controlling the Nemesis. Did you pick up 3? I haven't picked up the remake of 2 or 3. 
Uh, I've played two and finished it, loved it. Uh, I will pick up three as well at some point. So I to me, play to that. me, it's a bit more Resident Evil Four than I like my survival horrors to be. From what I've well, seen. a lot of our, a lot of our loyal listeners have, have talked about how it's a more action orientated experience and a faster paced game about almost like a an arcadey type challenge of seeing who can get the fastest run. It was nice to see a lot of that within the fan base over yeah over that was nice on the sort Discord, of the previous previous months yeah um speaking of which we've got one of our very long-term listeners Vince the gamer what's he got to say Sending us to the bridge in this big bumper-packed news episode, Tom, Vince the Gamer says, firstly, the main thing I've taken away from all these reveals is that everyone is more interested in being a spec analyst than a gamer. Think of your <laughs> favourite games of all time. Some of mine are the original Resi Evils and Silent Hills, and I can guarantee you they weren't in 4K with ray tracing, etc. Whatever happened to great games, no matter their graphics and processing power, Secondly, the thing I'm most excited about is the unexpected announcement of Tony Hawk's Remastered. Honestly, I'd take that game over Cyberpunk any day. Interesting words, yeah. Mr. Gamer. One wonders if uh, the original Resi and Silent Hill, if they hadn't been so graphically advanced at the time, uh, whether it had been so frightening and therefore uh, impactful to you, if there had been an 8-bit version of Resi Evil and Silent Hill, with all the gameplay there that you like about those games... Would they have been one of your favourite games of all time? I'd say not. But I yeah, get your I think... point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a solid one. One thing that we're seeing a lot of each generation is the all oh, these new graphics, 4K and ray tracing, as he talks about. But one thing we never see is this new innovation on gameplay style. Everything seems to be an iteration of an iteration of an iteration of an iteration. And we don't seem to be advancing push crate to corner of room, climb, (laughs) get item, unlock door, move to next area. Just quickly before we go, it's got me kind of thinking of The Last of Us 2 looks a very big leap from Last of Us 1 graphically. Is it just going to have the same naughty dog bolted on push this box into the corner to get friend up onto ledge so they can pull you up. Have you ever seen anything so ridiculous and weird? Have you ever tried to get a pallet to float? Have you ever tried to get someone to stand on an unbuoyanced pallet? Yeah. can't swim so you can move them from A to B? Utter drivel. Mm, That's where I completely agree we need to see some innovations in the way things are more um, natural. If, if as Joel in, in, in The Last of Us, one eyebrow hair pops above a pallet, they come over and cleave your face in. Never mind the fact that Ellie's just stood up <laughs> in front of you yeah. and walked, gone, uh, 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 and then glitched in front of a wall, then crouched. Yeah. I can't see her. <laughs> I can't see her. But if you dare... Even demap from that crouch position, I will end you. Yeah. It's annoying, isn't it? Yeah. And more than unrealistic graphics, it takes you out of it more. That's that's my only bugbear with that's been my only bugbear with The Last of Us. People are oh, it's classic, it's aged really well. Has it? Has it? Yeah, there's arguments for and against, isn't there? The story's great. Well, 
and that's what yeah. they're good for. But some of that glitchy gameplay is uh, is is unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Uh, well, is that it, Tom? That's it. That's do it they the news? Do you well, think the, the feature news? Yes. Well, let's. We've got to say it though because it's only right and proper. We paid James to write a script. Uh, one wonders if he was uh, taking money out my bank account this week uh, and didn't do a very good job. One would imagine so. Did we miss anything? Do you have an opinion or take on the news we missed? If so, Tom, how do the collective masses get in touch with us and say, no, guys, you totally missed the reveal of this game, that game and the other game and PlayStation 5 showed the box and James' work experience, boys, script was absolutely pony this week. Sort it out and come back next week fighting. How might they say that? Uh, you can direct messages on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, let us know on our Discord uh, channel, which can be linked through the Instagram page. Uh, questions. Also, sorry, our email is uh, questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. So please get in touch. One person that never lets us down is the mighty Stingers. Now, I've had a pick up and half this week, Tom. Picked up probably somewhere in the region of about 150 VHS cassettes, all <laughs> from the Ray. You're laughing, right? To bolster up my. Where have you got these from? eBay. And therefore, I've got a smorgasbord of titles to pick out for the next three, four, five calendar years of Stingray's Boots VHS picks. What do the kids think of the quality? I think it's great. That it's not okay. They actually find it quite a novelty. What the poor audio and bad picture? Do you know what, mate? When it's there's not, 4K TV not, sat downstairs, it's not that bad. It's not as bad as you make it out to be. Okay. All right. Okay. I'd be curious to see what one looks like now. I've not seen one. I've seen years, but. Uh, any? Uh, are you going to pick one of those out for the boot? Uh, yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll pick an obvious one to begin with, but uh, yeah, I've got one of those. Okay. Um, have you got yourself? What you got picked out as a I'm mummy? Str- mummy? I'm st- um, let's have a look at the list, shall we? Well, there's one on the Switch which you might go for a brum brum game, uh, or you could go for a safe bet, which is the first one. I've picked mine. Which I'll, is take, the last I'll one. take the. I'll take the first one then. Okay, it's time. Uh, oh, what's he been up to this week, Tom? Um, posing as someone on eBay, so I buy a load of his tap that I wouldn't yeah, normally buy from I him. I think so. Okay. Racing, racing, five six five, three sixty nine four twenty in the law of the show. Uh, anyway, he tears up the drive. His wallet looks stuffed full of readies. Well, not really, because I only paid a tenner for the lot of them. Time for a peek at what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. What's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battle Friend all this week? These are the new release highlights for the week, May 11th to May 17th, 2020. Uh, listeners, these are out on digital, physical, or will be by the time this podcast in your feed, but could be, could be, just could be, uh, region-dependent. Tom, the boot stopped, cigarettes lit, shady look at you, pull it out. Uh, my mummy mummy pick this week is Halo 2 Anniversary on the PC. Um, yeah. When's this that is out? out on, that's out on May the 12th. Wow. Uh, the Halo 2 Anniversary 
addition comes the PC as the next installment in the Halo Master Chief collection. Following the destruction of Halo, humankind experiences a short-lived victory. Eager for revenge, the Covenant launches a surprise attack on Earth, but they find themselves ill-prepared to defeat the UNCSC's home fleet and are forced to flee into slip space. When the Master Chief pursues his overzealous enemies, they discover yet another Halo ring, uncovering long-buried secrets, including an unlikely ally that will dramatically alter the course of human Covenant conflict forever. I thought 2 was all right, to be fair, when it launched on Xbox original. I think they, they were building it up like to have this big battle on Earth and I had it way bigger in my head. And then when I played it, I was like, oh, it's not actually that great. Then 3 came out. I thought that was awesome. I thought 3 um, is the strongest entry for me out of all of them. Yeah. I think that uh, two's probably aged the worst out of all of them, I would say. Yeah. Um Four and five are quite good. I think. I think. I don't think they've done anything wrong there. Um, four probably being the better out of the two, but yeah, both okay. still very good games. Um, well, up next, Wolf and Pigs out for vengeance on PC May thirteenth. Wolf and Pigs out for vengeance is a fresh take on the classic fable, the Three Little Pigs, when the notorious Pig Brothers gang invades the new world to build their compound. An unlikely protector vows to put an end to the pigs' greedy nature-destroying ways. <laughs> Very bizarre. Mm. Uh, we've got, after that, we've got TT, Isle of Man, Ride on the Edge 2, Switch, May 14th. Racing across over 60-kilometer ultra-technical track at breakneck speed requiring realistic riding skills. That is the challenge that awaits in TT2. Uh, well, I'll take the last two then. Do you want to tell me your VHS okay. pick? Oh, you put me on the spot. Can I wait till the end? Because I need you can. to. Mine's going to be a... uh, Puppet Master on VHS. Mm. Uh, I've got a big box version here out of Ray. It's X Rental. Gotta love a Ray Rex Rental. I've also found uh, the aforementioned Arctic Heat or Born American on eBay. So I'm going to pick that up as well, just for the nostalgia vibes. Uh, Less said soonest mending, I would say. Hatsune Mika, Project Diva Megamix Switch, May 15th. Hatsune Mika, Project Diva Megamix brings back classic gameplay in arcade mode. We'll try the brand new mix mode, designed specifically for the Nintendo Switch. And My Mummy Mummy, this is bizarre. It's beyond bizarre, but you need to go check it out. It did win some awards. Uh, Tales from Off Peak City, Volume 1, PC, May 15th. On the corner of July Avenue and Yam Street, all is not what it seems. What role will you play in the city's fate? Now, that game, for me, had vibes of uh, Omicron or whatever it was called on Dreamcast with David Bowie. It had shades of Twin Peaks. It had shades of some of the worst graphics you've ever seen and some of the strangest dialogue you've ever seen but I implore you to go have a little look at Tales from Off Peak City, Volume 1. Uh, it's my mummy mummy pick. So you went with a safe blockbuster. I pulled out a VHS and a game out the boot, which if Mumsy saw, she would probably tell me to put them back. You're not having that. It's not big. You're not big enough for those. That's how we're living I'm, now. Well, I'm pulling out a horror classic, uh, slasher from the 90s a film that encapsulates a lot of what the 90s were scream starring 
Neve Campbell, Courtney Cox. How very novel. Yeah, I was a big fan of that back in the day. I wonder if that Sca- aged I, well. I thought- yeah, I think... Or did the um, scary th- movie pastiche take away all of its impetus? I think a little bit, yeah. Um, it did make it a little bit of a what joke. A... Yeah. Terrible. Almost spoiled it. It uh, did. I think, I think the first one especially, that opening uh, opening sort of 10 minutes with Drew Barrymore receiving the phone call from the killer is is horrifying. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That's that's fifteen year old me sort of talking, but it's uh, yeah. I still think a, a, a decent horror film that is. Well, enough of the scare tactics, Tom. Those that paid attention at the top of the show, they know I'm about to uh, say to you, "What are you hoping to play, friend?" Um. I think hopefully my get last of us finished this week. I've still got a few more weeks if I, if I don't get time before the sequel. Uh, the usual online multiplayers and maybe a bit more Streets of Rage, continuing to complete our arcade run if if possible. Get a few more trophies out of that. Yeah, uh, that's about it. Yeah, it's it's a steady summer, isn't it? Usually in gaming. Um, for new releases anyway, even more so now. So you're just hanging on in there for those... Um, big time. Those, the, for the big big stuff. Um, mm, is it my turn? It is. What, have you, what are you hoping to play? I'm hoping in to the play. Week? Uh, so I've managed to bag myself a copy of NBA 2K20 for three ninety nine. I got the heads up and thought, yeah, that's fair enough. Although apparently last year they did the same thing and then riddled the game with adverts. So maybe I've just paid three ninety nine for a four-hour advert, which would be pretty horrifying, to be fair. Um, Minecraft, obviously, I won't labour on that. I'm trying to find another game to uh, diversify my tastes with. I might try and do a bit more Prince of Persia, but that game's not aged very well. Not at all. I do like uh, I, I I like the streaming schedule you have, and I would like to see Minecraft followed by. Or I think uh, I reckon the listeners want to. Why why don't you do a poll maybe about what they'd want to see you play? What if I don't have it? Then I have to spend real money on it. Um, I think with your collection, they'd be able to find something on PS4 that you could stream. The one thing I like about the streaming on the PS4 is one button, then it's done. You yeah, it's just nice be and good, simple, dear. isn't it? You don't even need to know anything about technology. Yeah. So you can just press yeah. one button and you can be streaming live to the whole world. Uh, yeah. And that's that's fascinating. So I think yeah, maybe two... uh, maybe a Quantic Dream game. It's just hard to find a game, as we found on Streets of Rage. People come for the colour commentary and they want to hear you talking so they can build that relationship with you on air. Yeah, uh, Minecraft facilitates that so, so well. If there's a game that requires you to be a little bit more finger buttony or has got cutscenes where the animation gets blocked, I think it's it, it detracts from the stream. So it's th- finding a game that's not going to block gameplay, it's finding a game that's not going to um, cause me to get so engrossed in the gameplay or have to get so engrossed in the gameplay. I can't give people that little fun aspect they enjoy. It's, uh, well, it's a balance. Yeah. I think if any listeners uh, who are tuning in now who also watch your streaming have any ideas, please let us know. 
in the Discord chat yeah, private or on Instagram. On, uh, yeah. On any of the mediums. You know who I am. You know how to get hold of me. Well, I am the show. Uh, I don't have my own personal social media. I don't believe in it. It's poison. It's cancer of the soul. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and to that end, uh, I might have a blast on some retro games. Uh, but other than that, I think that's me. Unless I stumble across an absolute GM, you know, I can get absorbed, kind of like Assassin's Creed sucked me in. You do get absorbed, definitely. Uh, uh, that's, that's one of our fam- family traits, that is. Yeah. Get strangely obsessed with something to the point of obsession and then just throw it away like a discarded rag <laughs> a week later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Curse of our curse of our family. Uh, yeah, still remain an expert in it for the rest of your life. But you, oh yeah, yeah. One you never week, want one week of knowledge equates to uh, a lifetime of um, being right about playing. said subject. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. right. It's dangerous. Uh, uh, and before the internet, it was uh, oh crikey, that was a that was a deep pit to fall into, wasn't it? Our whole podcast is just done over the week from last year, isn't it? Just all catalogued together we're actually no interest in gaming anymore none at all uh, yeah. I need to go I need to gargle yeah, I've, I've used my voice so much that I can't this week and past weeks I'm struggling not to sound croaky uh, so I shall I shall take a leaf out of your book Tom I shall gargle lavender and dock leaves for the next <laughs> three quarters of an hour while supervising Phil the producer putting the show together I shall then go on air and roll out an hour weekend stream how's that sound that sounds very nice I will see you soon enjoy yourself take care you oh too. wait Tom what's going oh, on no. because we ain't got outro. the script we're, we're dirt pigs aren't we they came for this you don't need to do the outro we do that's all we have time okay. for this week, listeners. As always, thank you for your time. Look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, remember there's nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. I think that's a nice way to end every show, Tom. Most people that, even if they've got some sort of a bad vibe going on in their life, as long as they take that, turn it around and make something good of it, everything will be okay. Absolutely. Take care, mate. See you next week, Tom. Cheers, man. Bye.